Now, now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do so great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. I do have a take. Point of contention. Uh, what are y'all talking about? Y'all hate. Stop hate. Welcome back. Point of contention. Five topics, five minutes, five points of contention. I'm Zach Harper. We got Andrew Schleck producing. Coming up on the show, Embiid MVP, Lakers up 1-0. Rolling Nugs, Dylan Brooks out in Memphis, and the Knicks scraping by. Subscribe to the YouTube channel by searching the Athletic NBA show, or just click where you see the name on the YouTube screen. It's really super simple. That's actually the easier way to do it. Also, subscribe to the Bounce, free NBA newsletter from The Athletic, and yours truly right here. Sign up at theathletic.com slash thebounce. Today, May 4th, oh, National Star Wars Day. It's going to be the worst day you've ever been on the internet. I'll just tell you that right now. 504 day. Shout oh, out to everybody God. from New Orleans. All right. Well, I would much rather do 504 day. Uh, Jay, <laughs> you can choose. What is your favorite Star Wars movie or your favorite Lil Wayne song? Lil Wayne song? Definitely. Four. I'll go with Hustler music. Okay. Oh. Okay. That's not bad. Hustler music. That's Hustler music's a great one. Uh... And Star Wars is for nerds, man. Star Wars. You stinks. were just Star telling Wars me that I'm awful. wrong for never having read or seen Harry Potter. Yeah, I think Star Wars is, is for nerds right too. Potter, just not. I think it's for nerds too. But my goodness, <laughs> the hypocrisy. <laughs> Harry Potter is for thugs. What? <laughs> like me. Will uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Shout out to all the Slytherins out there. We, oh we out here. Oh my god! I I don't know what oh, yeah. I woke up to. This is oh, yeah. terrible. This is a Hufflepuff. Jesus, what the fuck is that? What did you just call? Did we have to fight? What did you just call me? <laughs> what? In this corner, Jay King. In that corner, Will Guillory. I. I <sighs> Yeah, my favorite Lil Wayne song for the record is is either gotta be uh, "Do Is What I Got" or I might throw a, a "Money on My Mind" out there. Okay. I don't know, but Weezy, we gotta rep Weezy today. I'm I'm out on all the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm drive. You, so I'm gonna drive through. Weezy yeah, that's this Star Wars thing, man. It's just I I can't do it on the internet today. Okay, <laughs> every day is Star Wars day on the internet. Everyone, they're always complaining it about really is. Mando this and See? Jar Jar that, and I just good. You either like it or you don't. Quit complaining about it. I've right? never seen Star Wars. Not a, not a single one of them. But you apparently, you apparently are all about wearing your little glasses and your robe, and you got your little wand out and everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to go to I used to go to Barnes and Noble at midnight every time the book came out. Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I Unbelievable. see Jay being a big Quidditch I, I was, guy. I was for lined sure. up. The only reason oh, I know definitely. what Quidditch is is from the movie The Internship with with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, Owen that's Wilson. a good movie. It is a good that, movie. Yeah, that's a, such that's a rewatchable movie too. Movie. It's always on like FX. Like oh, what a movie. Okay, there we go. Banter box is checked. Should I start the clock? Take one and beat MVP on Tuesday. 
It was announced that Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers was voted the most valuable player of the NBA. Embiid, he averaged 33, 10, and 4, shooting a career-high 54.8% from the field. He beat out Jokic and Giannis, Giannis by a pretty significant margin, receiving 73 first-place votes, while Jokic and Giannis received 15 and 12 respectively Jason Tatum and Shea Gildas Alexander rounded out the top five also weird little fact uh someone left Jokic off their ballot completely he only received 99 ballots the stat community is gonna be on that guy's head it might have been someone who just didn't like his underwear (laughs) I mean that is the topic du jour uh I'll start with Will then. Will, no one should debate whether Embiid deserves the MVP. What, what did you make of him winning in a landslide? Was it groupthink? Yeah, I mean, this is how it kind of happens, right? Once we get closer to the to the voting time, everybody kind of leans toward one player. I don't, I don't even remember the last time we had a really close MVP vote. I mean, I ended up voting for Joel in the end. I thought he deserved it. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of times people end up just gravitating to, especially the same order. I feel like the vast majority of ballots are going to be Joel, Jokic, Giannis, one, two, three, and probably even Tatum four. Uh, so uh, I think that ends up happening. But yeah, I thought Joel deserved it. I thought this was the best year of his season, the best year of his career, I should say. And I think he, he just brought everything for that team offensively, defensively. And I, I, I think. You know, it was great just to see him have that moment the night that they announced it. Him just kind of letting out all the emotions because this was three years in the making. Everybody makes fun of the fact that he, like, campaigned so hard for the MVP and just kind of seeing him finally having that moment. I thought it was dope. I voted for Giannis number one, just so you know. I'm one of the 12. Uh, I wish he had gotten it just so we could have seen how hilarious it would be for him to accept it after that series. That would have been pretty funny. I do, I do love a, this guy's been eliminated, but we got to give him the award. I do they, love they that. They call it the Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, I do love that. Uh, the, Jay, uh, did, did, were you surprised it was a landslide? Did you think it'd be closer? No, Embiid earned it. It, the, it was up for grabs going into the last month or so of the season, and Embiid gave most voters, although not Zach, no choice. It was it was 35 every night. It was 40 every night. It was 15 rebounds. It was getting to the free throw line 15 times while Jokic was like totally coasting and Giannis like he was great this season. He's always great. He's Giannis. But to me this this was like Embiid's season. You you can't you can't give the trophy to anyone else because he just took it. The game he played against the Celtics late in the season that kind of stamped him as the MVP, I thought, was just one of the most dominant games I will ever see. They had There was nothing they could do with him whatsoever. They had really good defenders on him. Yeah, it wasn't the playoffs. And it, and it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, poor guy's hurt. I wish he wasn't hurt. But yeah. it's, it's just so cool. It's crazy. This dude didn't even play basketball like 12 years ago. Until Yeah, until he was like 16. His, his career, <laughs> he started his career with like two or three devastating injuries. Yeah. To, to, to come the length that he's come, it's an incredible story of perseverance, of getting his body right, of evolving his game from 
if you look at the clips when he was in high school and stuff, it's just hilarious. He had no clue what the hell he was doing. Are you describing him beat or, or Giannis right now? Both. Uh, you could go with both. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with both. <laughs> the what? Embiid Disney movie's coming soon. Oh God, uh, that's gonna I, be great. Also, I also want to shout out Embiid for keeping hope alive in New Orleans because I can tell you how many times I've refreshed that uh, that Embiid game logs through the first three years of his career. Like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe Zion will be able to pull it off the way Embiid did. Well, Look we'll, at all of these games Embiid missed. You just got to give up the Shirley the Temples. Yeah, give up the Shirley Temples, <laughs> maybe the Gatorade commercials or the yeah. Mountain Dew commercials. Well, uh, definitely Mountain Dew. Should yeah. Get here. Well, I guess we don't – we won't know about Zion until you start writing about his underwear, right? Yeah, and then we'll know I guess that we'll never know because I'm never writing about <laughs> Zion's don't underwear. Don't understand what we're talking about. Pretty just, sure he doesn't drink Budweisers. Google Jokic uh, <laughs> boxers. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, please don't Google Jokic's boxers. People out there, if you don't know what we're talking about, just don't know. Yeah. Just move on with your life. You'll be much happier, I promise. Take two. Lakers, baby. Lakers on Tuesday night. Lakers defeated the Warriors in game one in the Chase Center. Anthony Davis, a monster. 30-23-5 with four block shots. Davis joined Shaq, Wilt, Kareem, and Elgin as the only players in Lakers history to record a 30-20 game in the postseason. Warriors shot the ball well from three, hitting 21 to 53, but struggle with the size of the Lakers. Lakers, 54 points in the paint. Warriors fouled the Lakers 24 times. Lakers only had 12 total fouls. That's probably what happens when you take nothing but jump shots, resulting in 29 free throws to the Warriors. Six. Game two is tonight, again in the Chase Center. Jay, did this game one performance change how you feel about the series and who you got winning this one? I still think it'll be the Warriors. I still think they're going to figure this out and solve it. But this is just an awesome series. Forget the history with Steph and LeBron and Draymond, how many times those guys have met each other in in the finals. Forget the fact that we're a decade beyond when they first met and they're still at a super high level, still contending teams. Just the contrast in styles between these two teams is fascinating the Lakers just want to beat you with size and beat you inside and get to the free throw line all the time and then the Warriors just want to shoot threes and they want to take advantage of D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves and drag Anthony Davis to the perimeter if they can but they probably can't who knows I love this series because it is going to be just like the Lakers trying to dominate inside and the Warriors trying to dominate outside and who wins? I don't know. Well, I I think I wonder, you know, the Lakers aren't going to shoot that poorly, but I will. I also don't think that the Warriors are going to take care of the ball that well. Like they really didn't turn the ball over and this is a team that just throws it all over the court. So I don't really know what to make going into game two. Yeah, and I also think that AD just had one of the all-time great games, right, offensively and defensively. What he did in that first game was just dominant in the paint. And how often do you see two two guys on both on opposite teams getting 20 rebounds in the same game? That was crazy. Uh, but I, I think 
you, you kind of saw towards the end of that game, I think what the Warriors need to do is they just need to stop being scared of AD and just go at him and make him be more involved, make him use more energy because uh, he's got to be everything for the Lakers. And that's their main way of uh, beating the Warriors is him dominating in the paint, protecting uh, the rim the way he did. He was incredible. And I think he's having one of the best postseason runs of his career. And I think, man, the craziest thing about what the Lakers are doing right now is like, Obviously, LeBron's been pretty solid on defense, but for the most part, I think he's been kind of like not LeBron like at all on offense. And I think he was kind of bad on offense in game one. And they still found a way to win that game just because D'Lo was hitting shots. Schroeder was really good coming off the bench. And I think that's what's really impressive about what the Lakers have been able to pull off is them finding ways to win even without LeBron being super LeBron that we expect to see in the postseason. And coming into this series, I thought, man, the only way the Warriors lose is if LeBron goes into 2016 Cavs-LeBron mode. And you saw in game one, they really didn't need that. Yeah. Uh, so I think that might be one of the scarier things for the Warriors is, uh, you know, we, we know we're going to see a better version of LeBron moving forward. And how does that kind of impact this series but I think they just gotta not be afraid of AD the way they were in game one they gotta even though they were making jumpers they gotta stop relying so much on the jumper and they need Draymond to wake up as well they need Draymond to be that uh, guy who causes friction who draws attention to himself because that fires up his teammates and that's gonna fire up that chase center crowd as well yeah Jay I think with the, I think with the AD question I I don't know if you can like I mean we saw Memphis just try to go at him one on one but I do think you have to force him into those dribble handoff defensive situations because it when especially when Draymond's the big and you play off of Draymond that's the that's the key of how you make them play on Draymond right is because you you have like if he does the dribble handoff and you're nowhere near with Steph or Clay or I guess even Jordan Poole if he's going then that's a wide open shot and you have to force him into more defensive action. Yeah, and it was really interesting because the Warriors went to that pool party or whatever you want to call it lineup down the stretch, and it was basically out of desperation. It I felt do like. not want to call it the pool party lineup at all. I'll tell you that. <laughs> all the guards. They went to all the guards. <laughs> they went small. <laughs> yeah. And, and it worked. And, like, all of a sudden they were running. They, they were getting shots. They were pulling Anthony Davis out. And that's how they have to attack. They have to beat them in transition. They have yeah. to. They have to do something to to punish the Lakers for wanting Anthony Davis to always be near the rim. And I, I wish this is why I wish the Warriors just had one six seven dude who could shoot who they could trust. Yeah, they don't. If they had Otto Porter of last season, mm -hmm. this would be I think such a different series because then you would have. So many different ways to to hurt Anthony Davis for lagging in the middle, but they're just so small when they go small. And unless they're going to trust Kaminga, unless they're going to trust Anthony Lamb, which they have shown no indications they plan to in the playoffs, do not play. Anthony then Lamb. then they're just so small when they go small. And I do think going small is the recipe for them in this series. But we'll see. We'll it's got to be Kaminga. It's got to be Kaminga for sure. They need more Kaminga. Uh, they just need more size, more athleticism, because that's the way the Lakers kill you. When they bring out those LeBron, AD, Hachimura lineups, they're just huge. And uh, you got to have bigger guys out there. And I think 
one of the the big advantages for the Warriors in this series is they got Steve Kerr going against a rookie head coach, right? And I think Steve Kerr needs to start flexing his muscle, start making some adjustments in this series. And I think that's a big way the Warriors can, can uh, kind of move ahead and just start making those classic Warriors adjustments that we see in playoff series. And he's got to start winning that matchup against Ham uh, the way we've seen Kerr do so many times in the past. I've got to bow down to Ham, by the way. I've got to bow down to Ham. He has D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves <laughs> as his starting backcourt. He has Dennis Schroeder and Rui Hachibura in the rotation, and they defend their asses off. They play like, hard, man. Pay that hard. man his respect. He has built an amazing defense out of a team that has so many defensive liabilities. I am so impressed by the hey, man. the the defensive but identity you, that he's you, built. You better put some respect on Jared Vanderbilt's name. That is the reason they are good defensively because well, Jared Vanderbilt is a I, I didn't dog. bring him up because I was naming all their crap. I know, defenders. but that's the, like, look, the Timberwolves <laughs> were good last season when he was on, on the floor defensively because he is that good. Jared Vanderbilt could, is a impact defender. You could see you know. with Steph, like, as soon as Jared Vanderbilt was off his body a little bit, he's like, oh, thank God. He's, oh, yeah. He's like, thank, <laughs> thank goodness, yeah. All right, let's and take a quick let's take a quick break, fellas. We come back. The Nuggets shine up real nice right here on the Athletic NBA Show podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And we're back. Take three. The Nuggets. Denver Nuggets head into game three up 2-0 on the Phoenix Suns. Jokic dominant in game two. 39-16-5 on 17-30 from the field. His supporting cast a little rough, though, shooting 5-21 from three. But no problem because the Suns, they're worse. 6-31 from deep, only getting four points on 16 shot attempts from the bench. They're struggling to find a rotation demonstrated by Monty Williams playing 10 guys only 13 minutes into the game Monday night, but it gets even worse than that. Chris Paul left the game in the third quarter with a groin strain and is listed as day-to-day, but also we know he's probably missing games three, four, and five but I think the Suns are going to be missing game five as well. Will, does the, do the Suns still have a chance in this series, or are they too shallow to compete with Denver? God, I don't know how we end up here every single year. Chris Paul injured in the playoffs. I don't <laughs> understand, man. It is like clockwork. It's a Chris curse. Paul gets hurt in the playoffs. It's crazy. Like, we made fun of Joel Embiid because he gets hurt every year in the playoffs, but it's like worse with CP and it feels like every year we say man this is CP's best chance Mm -hmm. this is gonna be the year he can finally get that ring and then he's right back on the injury report man it it sucks because I really think that Phoenix team was starting to find something you know especially towards the end of that first round series and now I mean we said it 
that's a four-man team they got over there, and they lost one of the four guys mm-hmm. for at least the next two or three games. So I, I think it's going it's tough, but I think Monty is going to have to trust those bench guys way more than he has through the first couple games of this series. Yeah, you're just not going to beat the Nuggets playing KD and Booker 46, 47 minutes every night just because against Jokic, they put so much stress on you on defense. You got to be on point with every single back cut, every single screen, mm-hmm. and then you're asking those guys to go down and drop 35 and 10 assists without CP. So they're going to need a Terrence Ross. They're going to need a TJ Warren, one of those guys to step up and hit some shots because uh, it's just too much on booking KD right now. And, man, uh, we got to find some type of – witch doctor or voodoo or maybe uh we can bring out a, a spell from harry potter or something oh, no. to put on cp yes. to get those legs healthy and keep him off the injury report keep him out of street clothes during the playoffs man we gotta figure something out uh jay i saw that monty williams said maybe they're gonna play terrence ross and tj warren more to generate yeah. some offense i forgot yeah. tj warren was on the team uh i would fully admit i was like all right tj warren's on the team so uh will that work if it's in the bubble yes but only if it's in the bubble all right well we'll see if we can get a pandemic going before tomorrow night (laughs) no that's that's not gonna work terrence ross hasn't been playable in a couple years tj warren poor guy had just bad injury luck and is a shell the phoenix's problem number one is Denver is just playing advanced basketball while they're just trying to still figure each other out and figure out what to do with Booker Durant, figure out what to do with the players in the rotation, figure out whether Terrence Ross and TJ Warren can help them. Like they have Spoiler no clue. Alert, they can't. No. <laughs> but the other thing is their supporting cast is really bad. Like really, really bad. They don't have guys who can shoot. But they also don't have guys who can be connected forces. They don't have guys who can beat a closeout. They don't have guys who can continue the offense. It's just, it's bad. It's bad, and I don't, I don't see a way out of it for them, unless Kevin Durant well, and Kevin or Devin Dur- Booker. Kevin Durant could play some good basketball in this series for once. He was terrible in the first two games. But it's so hard when when there's so much they they can take advantage of on your team and it's so hard when th- there's not like they don't have smart guys they don't have guys who are like cutting and moving without the ball they don't have guys who can pass or shoot or dribble or anything nothing <laughs> there's just nothing like and so so it's really hard as a as a star when your team is predictable your team eights are bad and i i honestly like I feel for Durant and Booker right now because he, Denver he, can just, just prey on, on them. They he can just prey on them. He had 24 points on 27 shots. Like, yeah, K, like we know look. KD, but we know KD, and KD doesn't want to take 27 shots in a game, right? That's not his game. He doesn't want to be that guy. He wants to be the efficient scorer you, who can pick his spots. You need and, to efficiently score on 27 shots. He has to be in. He, He's got to put up a whole bunch of shots. Yeah. And I agree with you. He's got to play better, but KD doesn't want to be the guy taking 30 shots in a game. He, he's not that guy. Tough shit. And I think They're considering that's, that's Terrence the Ross in. and TJ Warren. Right? Tough yeah, shit. And I think also – the guy who also needs to step up is DeAndre Ayton as well. I think he just got to put up more of a fight against Jokic. He's obviously not going to win that matchup. Jokic is arguably the best big in the game, but I think 
too often he's just uh, like he just accepts being dominated by Jokic. Just feels like he's just kind of a bystander out there. He's got to be better than that, especially with CP out. Uh, they just need more scoring. Uh, like I said, I think that you just can't expect KD and Book to drop forty every single game to to put to give you a chance. You need somebody else to step up and have a twenty point game, twenty five point game. Otherwise, they're just gonna get steamrolled. Because that's the thing when you're playing with Jokic, you're gonna get a random big Jeff Green game. You're gonna get a random game where Christian Brown hits three or four three pointers because that's the way they run their offense. Everybody's involved. The ball's moving. Guys are getting open looks, and uh, just the way they play offensively, they're going to get efficient looks. So you got to start playing more efficient offense if you're a Phoenix, and that's not. You're not going to get efficient offense with just KD pull up jumper, Devin Booker pull up jumper, one on five, because uh, that's just not going to get it done against a team as good as Denver. They need to find a way to take advantage of Jokic. They have not taken advantage yeah. of Jokic's defense at all. Like, it, well, I'm sure campaign will help. Coming up after the break, <laughs> Dylan Terrence Brooks. Ross and campaign. The saviors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Take four, Dylan Brooks time on Tuesday. Our own Shams Charania left this little bit of information out there. Quote, the Memphis Grizzlies have informed pending free agent Dylan Brooks that he will not be brought back under any circumstances, which is under any circumstances. Brooks averaged 10 points on 31% from the field, 23% from three. Said during his exit interview, I was there to three and D shoot and play defense. I got way more to my game than that. Uh oh. Brooks' wild solution to his problem is more shots. It's not a shock that the Grizzlies are moving on from Brooks. It is shocking that they are distancing themselves this quickly and this publicly. So, Jay, talk about Dylan Brooks. Also, what teams do you think are interested in him? I saw I saw one of those betting emails where it's like the Rockets and the Raptors are the two most likely to sign him. And I thought, good Lord, that is the Raptors, a bad idea just for what both. they need. Yeah, just what they need. Uh, <laughs> oh, you might lose Gary Trent. Well, what if we brought in Dylan defensive minded wing who can't shoot? It can't like, shoot. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be I would be in for Houston, though. Houston Why? needs Houston needs somebody to come in and just tell everyone they're being an asshole. That, that, <laughs> you think they, they that's need that. him? 
I think uh, Chicago Chicago could be a fit. What what about Dallas? Dallas. What about like Dallas? Him. What about Cleveland? Cleveland needs a playable wing in the worst way. But they you got said playable. Guys brick and corner threes. I don't I know if they need one playable. more. I you said playable. Say playable. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. No, it, it, it's he. He did so Portland? much to suppress his value. Portland. What what is Portland doing? What has Portland ever done? Probably what, wh- trading Dame within the year. That's what they're doing. Listen, their goal <laughs> is to be the ten seed, so Dylan Brooks will be the perfect fit there. That's if, true. If goal yeah. is to be the Dylan ten Brooks seed every never, year, like Portland. Dylan Brooks goes to the playoffs, bro. What were you, were you about to say? He's <laughs> never been the playing tournament. Then you remember they won the playing tournament that one year. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was just gonna give him more respect than he deserved. <laughs> but, yo, no, I just want to say uh, shout out. To that great journalistic entity, uh, first take for calling out uh, Shams on his report saying uh, they don't like uh, attention seeking journalists because we know <laughs> nobody's a seeking attention over there on first take. Mm-mm. We can promise you that. Uh, but nah, I think nah, man. I think we we're crapping on Dylan Brooks too much. Let me be that guy. That, I'm, I'm gonna be the the Dylan Brooks defender here. I think he will be a good fit in Houston or Dallas. That dude still plays good defense. He can defend multiple positions. He's a horrible shooter. He shoots way too much. He talks way too much. Hopefully, this whole experience humbles him a the, little bit. He says, the problem is his game. I've got more than my game. That's a quote. Yeah, that that quote was crazy. He can't dribble. <laughs> I he can't dribble. Like, I sent you guys the a clip Lakers one were night. leaving you wide open, my man. Oh my like, god! We saw the more to your game, and that wasn't there. He can't. Uh, but dri- it looks like he's dribbling a football. He can't dribble. He's he's got to just like get on his Pat Bev vibe, where it's like, look, I'm here to take three or four shots and play defense and talk a little crap. But I'm here to play defense, and I think he's like, I can get you 20, and and he's not that guy. He he shouldn't be that guy, but he can still bring value to teams. There's a reason why the 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 Memphis Grizzlies have been one of the best defenses in the league the past few years. He's a big part of that, and like we said, he's been to the playoffs the past few years because they're able to put good defenses on the court consistently with him being. But a starter, he's been so. garbage in them. He's been garbage in the playoffs. He's garbage offensively. I think he still contributes on defense. He gets torched. He gets torched. He yeah. didn't do shit defensively in that Lakers series. He got torched. The, the Grizzlies have done this, man. He dirty. got torched so Absolutely badly that he nut tapped LeBron just to get thrown out of the game. That was yeah, they threw that man under the bus as if that whole squad wasn't talking trash. Look at Jay as if that whole just squad. lying to the camera saying that was inadvertent. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm not going to put that on that man. Hufflepuff nah, or whatever the I, fuck I, you I, called me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, I think karma's coming back for the Grizzlies. I'm going to remind y'all of this next year. Throwing Dylan Brooks under the bus is going to come back and bite them because Dylan Brooks wasn't the reason why everybody was hating the Grizzlies this year. Dylan Brooks wasn't the reason they lost by 40 in game six. They got other problems outside of Dylan Brooks. They let Kyle Anderson go. They 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 traded traded D'Anthony Melton. Melton. And it's like, if your plan was to let go of Dylan Brooks why did you get rid of the other defensive-minded wings on your roster who could have done a, 
a higher intelligence I mean, job. They could have really used Melton. Offense. They could have really used Melton. Yeah. So who's who's playing perimeter D in, in Memphis now with Dylan Brooks, Melton, and Kyle Anderson gone? Who's checking somebody now in Memphis? It's going to be Jake LaRavia. I, I, I'll tell you, I'd <laughs> rather have Luke Kennard out there than Dylan Brooks. Listen, at least man, you're going to be it, it, losing a lot more games by 40 they're, if that's your, come, your best option. At least you got a shooter out there. Like, <laughs> he's he's he tanks so many offensive possessions because he's just Leroy Jenkins, like, just crashing into things and not knowing, not having a plan. He's bad. Like, it's someone, like, needs, someone needs to look him in the eye and, and get through to him. LeBron because just I, did I and he wet himself. <laughs> I, know, I know the Grizzlies tr- – Try to tell him like that's not you, Dylan. That that's not you. You can't be. He had a twenty eight percent usage rate last season. Twenty eight exactly. That's and crazy. he says, "I got more that's to my crazy. game." Fuck out of here. All right, take five. Knicks Heat. The Heat and the Knicks are tied one one. Heading back to Miami. Knicks are breathing a, a little bit of a sigh of relief that they're not down 0-2. two. Become exactly what Tibbs wanted them to be over the last few months, scraping and clawing for every win down the stretch and in the first round. And that version of the Knicks has not showed up against the Heat because the Heat are better at that. The Knicks are missing rotations. They've been out-executed by the Heat, who are without Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, and no Jimmy Butler in Game 2. Will, what do you make of the Knicks so far against the Heat, and who do you favor in this series moving forward? I thought they were pretty good in game two. I thought uh, I was shocked just to see how Miami was able to stay in it as long as they did. And if anything, it felt like Miami kind of gave it away there in the end. Uh, yeah. I feel like they had a really good chance to win that game. Uh, but we all know this series is going to come down to Jimmy Butler's ankle. If Jimmy Butler's healthy, Miami's got a really good chance. And if not, I feel like they've got no chance whatsoever. Uh, I think getting Julius Randle back is going to give New York a, a, a nice boost offensively just to take some pressure off of Jalen Brunson, uh, not have R.J. Barrett out there feeling like he's got to give you 20 every game because uh, we know how up and down he is. Uh, but I think you know, I mean, you've seen just how much big of an impact Spo has been able to make so far with his adjustments, the way he's able to find open shots for these guys like Max Struess and Caleb Martin. He's getting the most out of all of these dudes. And I think if you put Jimmy Butler back in the mix, this Heat team can be really dangerous on any given night. Uh, but if he's not healthy, then I think Jalen Brunson and Julius are just going to be too much. And I feel like the Knicks' depth overall is going to start kicking in after a while. Jay, you ready to admit you were wrong about the Heat once again? No. Okay. Well, you're wrong well, about the Heat. What, what was <laughs> heat what culture, was I wrong baby. about the Heat? With? Heat culture. You know, you know what's coming. You know what's coming for the Knicks. This is yeah, heat the, they could barely a, beat a Gabe Vincent win. the other night. They barely beat Gabe Ga- Vincent. Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin <laughs> were killing those dudes. Just killing those dudes. And then they're another team. It's like, how do they get stops with that roster? They got Kevin Love. They got Duncan Robinson. It's like they're they're getting stop after stop. They're going zone with like f- four dudes that are 6'3". Yeah. Eric like, Spolstra is a wizard. You talk about this Spol Harry Potter shit. Eric Spolstra yeah, is an actual say. wizard. <laughs> yeah. He I is. can see Spo being a Ravenclaw for the sure. Don't you agree, fuck? Zach? I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> in what. In Baltimore, I'll, t- I'll tell you what though. Ravens have in claws. <laughs> Talons. I don't know if that counts as a claw. 
I'll Google tell you it. what, though. Julius Randle made some patient passes in game two. Julius Randle. I guess technically a, felt, a claw is a talent is a claw. Okay. Julius White Randall. Claw? Julius Randall. Randall Julius Randall. Julius Randall was facilitating. Julius Randall, he is so much bigger than most of their wings. And Jimmy Butler coming back changes that to some extent, but Julius mm-hmm. Randall is still huge and super physical. And it, whether they go zone, whether they go man, if he's patient. You know who else is bigger than most of their side. wings? Giannis and Chris Middleton. Where are they? <laughs> They, they but, are. But yeah, tell me more about Julius Randle. Uh, I, I think Tibbs is making a few more adjustments than my man Bud did in that first round. Series. Make adjustments. <laughs> when has Tibbs made an adjustment? Well, I'll say you the one good thing I saw him doing game two. He was like, "Hey, Duncan Robinson, if you're on the court, we're going directly at you every yeah, single time." You he ha- didn't let, I mean, you have to. Like, you <laughs> he didn't, so he bad didn't let Duncan Robinson live at all in that second game, Mm-mm. and I think we we got to see more of that from the Knicks just attacking some of those mismatches, especially getting Brunson. I feel like he just got to shake free and have a big game because I feel like that's when you see the most confidence with the Knicks is when he's getting to the basket, doing that kind of herky-jerky stop-and-start offense, and I think that kind of frees everybody up. But I agree with Jay Tudo. I feel like Julius just getting downhill, putting pressure on the Knicks, I think it's going to be big because that's going to make it tougher for them to keep Kevin Love out there. Uh, Caleb Martin's too small to defend him and when he's putting pressure on the rim that allows Mitchell Robinson to get more offensive rebounds and that's going to kind of slow the pace down the way the Knicks need it to be I just think that this, the only chance the Knicks have is is Jimmy's ankle like that's the only I, I just I don't see how this is a matchup that is conducive to the Knicks in any way if Jimmy's 80% yeah, I'm still operating under the belief that the Heat just are not very good at basketball. <laughs> I mean, there's Bam there's isn't in the playoffs, but Jimmy Butler is better than everybody on the court. And he's this, just a motherfucker who's like, screw this, we're gonna win. It's why it's why they were like they played a thousand clutch games this year. Cause he's just like preparing for this moment. We're not doing this. Like, someone needs to be an adult here. And Jalen Brunson is an adult for the Knicks, but Jimmy's a bigger adult. And there's just nothing you can do. When he's, if he's relatively healthy, there's nothing the Knicks can do. They have no one to guard him. Absolutely Josh nobody. Hart. Josh Hart. Give Josh Hart some respect. The GOAT, Josh Hart. Give but Josh no, think- Hart some respect. You <laughs> shit all over that trade. I tried to tell you what a coup for the Knicks. I, I really J. didn't King said, shit on Josh Hart's a bum. That's going to really do it for this week's point of contention. Thank you, you for listening. You stuff. You lie on make my name. Sure, make sure to when, well, go <laughs> puffle huffle your way out of here. Make sure to subscribe <laughs> to all the podcasts on the Athletic Podcast Network. Warrior, Warriors plus minus. Anything is potable. Down to dunk. No dugs. Glue guys. Sixers beat. And the button cardigan show for Jay King, for Will Guillory, for Andrew Slake. I'm Zach Harper. See you next time on Point of Contention, not Point of Harry Potter. I'm a Harry Pothead, though, for real. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.